0: Hello everyone, welcome to the May 16th episode of the Bacon Bets podcast, the PGA Championship edition of the Bacon Bets podcast. It is the second men's major golf tournament of the year, and as always, I got a jam-packed show for you, including some trends for the PGA Championship, my picks to win, I got four outright picks, I got one top 10, two top 20s, first round leader, a matchup bet, my favorite top, my top left-handed player, top live player, my DraftKings lineup, And then at the end of the show, I'm going to go through some data golf numbers for the golfers that I hadn't previously mentioned. So then you get my thoughts on basically all of the top guys heading into this week's event at Oak Hill. So let's start with some trends. Uh, First things first, actually, this is a par 70 Oak Hill is. It's playing at just under 7,400 yards though. So very long. Power 70 course, which is going to be key that you should keep in mind. Uh, The greens are also bent grass greens for you, real golf betting nerds that like to look at uh, putting stats for different types of greens. They are bent grass greens. Uh, So, probably the most significant stat here is previous form. This doesn't, uh, this isn't specific to Oak Hill, this is just specific to the PGA Championship as a tournament, Uh, dating back to 2006. No winner of the PGA Championship finished worse than 28th in their latest start before the PGA Championship, except for, of course, Phil Mickelson, who when he won the PGA Championship in 2021 at 53 years old, uh, he just completely bucked every single trend that existed. But outside of Phil Mickelson dating back to 2006, no winner has finished worse than 28th in their most previous start. Uh, Even Phil Mickelson, even though he finished 69th in his previous start before the PGA Championship, I believe he was winning after the first round of the previous event. So at least he did show some level of good form. Uh, Dating back to that same number, 2006, uh, eight of those times the winner of the PGA Championship finished in the top five the week before. So that's huge. Definitely, definitely, definitely want to look at recent form when trying to pick a winner or filling out your pools or filling out a DraftKings lineup lineup look at recent form uh now in 2013 oak hill actually looked quite a bit different than what it's going to look like this week there was a lot more trees at oak hill which made driving accuracy absolutely uh imperative not necessarily the case this time um they've cut down a ton of trees driving accuracy is not as important driving distance is going to be extremely important and that lines up with pga championships as a whole dating back to 2006 the winner of the PGA Championship averaged at least 295 yards off the tee for that season so that means if you're gonna use that same number and look at driving distance numbers this year they need to rank inside the top 130 on the PGA tour in driving distance I think it should be a little bit higher than that let's stick to the top 100 on the tour and driving distance you got to be long off the tee with this being a 7400 yard par 70 course so some key stats that I think are going to be huge this week that you that you should look at driving distance obviously like i said let's try to keep the guys that we pick inside the top 100 uh strokes gain t to green obviously let's we they got to be it's a major championship you're not going to get by with sub power play from uh the t box to the green a par four scoring uh, i like to look at that anytime that the golfers play a par 70 course because of course with it being a par 70 uh, there are two more par 4s and you would get at a par 72. Um, so let's look at par 4 scoring. And then, of course, uh, some scrambling stats. Strokes gained around the green, uh, scrambling percentage, bogey avoidance, all those things are going to be huge at a major championship, especially one with as uh, reportedly as sticky and as deep rough as, the, as what the PGA Championship has at Oak Hill. Now, my kind of issue with that is that every single time these guys play a major event, All the golf media that's there the week before, they all say, oh, the rough is hazardous, oh, the rough is going to be tough. And then there's obviously uh, the video of the golf ball being dropped into the rough. But then golfers have some issues with it uh, come the week of the event. But I think what happens, and I've fallen for this trap in the past, is that sometimes when you hear those reports about how thick the rough is, you start to value driving accuracy a little bit more. But at the end of the day guys are going to miss fairways at times, especially in thick rough. I'd rather miss the fairway 50 yards further than miss the fairway 50 yards back, especially if that rough is deep. It reminds me of uh, when Bryson DeChambeau won at winged foot. I fell for that exact trap. Um, I was valuing driving accuracy a lot that week because they were telling me they are going to make winged foot as hard as possible. They were telling me that Nobody was going to be able to hit out of the rough at Wingfoot, so you got to keep it in the fairway. Well, it turns out just the guy who hit it the longest, who was in the rough, but in the rough 50 yards past where everyone else was in the rough, ended up winning. So driving distance over accuracy, 100% for me. All right, I got four. Like I said, I got four outright picks. Uh, let's get through them. My very first one uh, is probably an obvious one. If you've listened to any of my golf content this year, about three to four months ago, um, I made the claim that I think not taking either John Rahm or Scotty Scheffler uh, at events where they're both playing is betting malpractice because they seem to be head and shoulders above the rest of the field. It's Rahm, it's Scotty, and then it's everyone else. The two biggest events so far the Players' Championship, the unofficial fifth major, and then the first major, the Masters. Guess who won? Scotty Scheffler won the Players. John Rahm won the Masters. Um, one of the two have won most of the elevated events. John Rahm won the. Um, what was the latest one that he came second at the Mexico Open? But John Rahm has four wins already this season. No one else is more than two. I'm surprised Scheffler only had two wins this season. I would I would have guessed three or four as well. But regardless, I made the wrong choice of the Masters. I took Scheffler. This time, I'm gonna go Rom for my for my obvious pick. Like I said, I at the very least, if you pick Rom or Scheffler. They're going to be in contention on Sunday and give you a little bit of sweat uh, of a sweat at the very least. I'm going to go John Rahm here instead of Scheffler. Um, I've also said when picking between these two guys, I think if it's a course where precision takes a, is a little bit uh, more important than kind of length, then I would take Scheffler. Um, but Rom's length, is, I think, is going to be a big difference maker here uh, at a bit of a longer course. Um, he also leads the tour in strokes gained. Total, birdie average, scoring average—basically every single stat John Rom leads the PGA Tour. So I think he has a little bit of a slight edge um, when it comes to Oak Hill. Now, actually, other people don't agree with that, and actually, um, Data Golf has. Scotty Scheffler with a 3.7% better chance to win than John Rahm. I don't know if I agree with that, to be honest. And one key thing that's making me stay away from Scotty Scheffler, and I didn't know about this until I started researching for this event, he's 201st in sand save percentage. Now, to be fair, Scotty Scheffler probably doesn't hit it in the sand very often. But with the bunkers surrounding the greens at Oak Hill, uh, and, you know, just in general, plenty of bunkers at this course... I don't know if I trust in Scotty Scheffler to win the event. Now, he could screw up in bunkers every now and then, but and still, you know, being contention. But uh, that gives me some concern for Scotty Scheffler. Now, he might just miss every single uh, bunker and just hit nothing but greens, but that's something to keep an eye on for Scotty Scheffler this week. So I like Rom. I like his uh, distance off the tee a little bit more. He's a, a lot better out of the bunkers. Like I said before, he leads in strokes gained total, birdie average, scoring average. He leads in a lot, a lot, a lot of different statistics. Uh, He already won the first major this year. He has two majors under his belt. I'll take John Rahm. To take one step closer to completing the first ever Grand Slam, is he going to do it? No. Um, I don't love him at the Open Championship, for example. Uh, if you guys don't know, no one has ever won all four majors in the same year. Tiger Woods won them what was called the Tiger Slam, it was, but it was in, it was the four consecutive majors, but in two different years. I think it was like, um, I don't know what the order was. I think it started at the U.S. Open, and then he won those three because the PGA Championship was the last of it. Then he won the Masters the year before, so it was like four consecutive majors not in the same calendar year. John Rahm, obviously the only guy. Possibly, possible who can win the Grand Slam this year. Does he do it? Probably not. I'll take him to make it at least a step two and win the PGA Championship. Uh, Can you get... I'll give you one guess who my next pick is to win the PGA Championship. It is a guy who I bet on at majors more often than any other golfer. This guy has broken my heart more than any other golfer. Xander Shoffley. 19 to 1. I got a shitty price on him. I saw 20 to 1 uh, the day before I bet for some reason. I don't know why I just didn't bet on that 19 to 1. But actually, that price has gotten even shorter. So it's actually not even that shitty compared to where they're at right now. Like, if I even just bring up... I'll just bring up the first book here. Um, Bet MGM. Xander's at 16 to 1. So, people have been betting on him a lot. I can't resist it. I'm sorry. His form has been so good. He is peaking at such the... Perfect time to finally win his first major. And I just think his style of play fits this course to perfection. So let, let, let's look at his last six starts dating back to the Players' Championship. T19, T5, T10, fourth, T4, second. Second in his last start at the Wells Fargo Championship. I told you earlier, eight of the last 23 winners have finished fifth or better in their last start. Xander Shoffley falls under that category. he was dealing with some issues off the tee early in the er, er, uh, early in the season he lost strokes at the Arnold Palmer Invitational the Players Championship and the match play off the tee he has completely fixed that issue at the Wells Fargo Championship he gained 1.21 strokes on the field off the tee he was hitting it an average of 8.8 yards farther than the field and his accuracy was six percent higher than the field Xander Shoffley is peaking and this course fits his style of play, in my opinion, to perfection. He also leads the PGA Tour and approaches from 150 to 175 yards out. A great distance for Oak Hill. Fourth in total strokes gain. Sixth in strokes gained approach. Seventh, 17th in strokes gained putting. Uh, third in scoring average. 13th in par four scoring. And like I said earlier, he's been on absolute fire lately. I'm sorry. I'm going to lose again. I'm sure he'll be in contention and then blow it near the end. But I'll be damned if Xander Shoffley wins a major event and I don't have money on him. So I will take Xander Shoffley at 19-1 to to win the PGA Championship. My next pick, uh, it is time for myself to uh, respect some live golfers out there. So I'm going to take Dustin Johnson to win the PGA Championship. Now I bet him at plus 3,378. That is an offshore book that the majority of you don't have access to. Uh, I don't. It, I think it's considered an offshore book. It is legal to bet at that book in Canada. Uh, if you are a bettor and you know about the different books, you can probably guess where I bet at. That, at a very odd number of plus three thousand three hundred seventy-eight. The best odds I could find as of writing my notes on Monday night at a regulated book, that with the popular books was twenty-eight hundred, and I think that was at Bet Rivers. Bet MGM right now has Dustin Johnson at twenty five to one. So as always, especially with these golf bets, with these alt-right picks, shop around, my friends. But remember when Brooks Kepka won uh, the or didn't win the Masters, but he's leading after um, three rounds and then ended up coming T second um, at the Masters there to John Rahm. The week before, he won the Live Golf event, so he entered in very good form because the issue with Live is that we don't have stats for the events, but we can look at results. And Brooks Kepka was hot leading into it. Well, this time, the winner of the most previous Live Golf event, Dustin Johnson. He just won Live Golf Invitational in Tulsa and a three-man playoff. He himself said that he's playing very good golf right now. He's won majors in the past. He's finished second place twice at PGA Championship. Um, like I said, I don't have stats to back it up. He also finished uh, in the top 10 the last time the PGA Championship was at Oak Hill in 2013. That's enough for me. I don't have stats. Liv doesn't do stats. So recent form, past performance. I'll take Dustin Johnson. I love him at the price I got him at of 3378 and another weird number for my last outright pick. Now, I actually wrote my article on, fan, uh, on BetSided Monday, my full betting preview. I didn't include this fourth golfer because I didn't add him in until I completed all my notes last night. But the price I got on him, I couldn't resist. I was thinking about him, about betting on him. But then when I found this price, I had to take a shot. Uh, so this is what I, I mean. I guess I would call it a long shot bet. I think long shot for a major championship is 50 to 1 or above because it's so rare for anyone that long odds to win a major. Hideki Matsuyama, I got him at 64 to 1, plus actually, te- exactly, plus 6,402 at the same book where I bet Dustin Johnson, now, at the regulated books, best I could find is 50 to 1, um, so this is 14 cents better than where I could find it at on most of the regulated books, so 64 to 1 to Hideki Matsuyama. He has been in pretty solid form as well, quietly. T15, T16 at the Masters, and T23 in his last three starts. Not great finishes. None of those are top 10, but consistent. Bent grass greens are usually where he putts the best. He's fourth in scrambling. And speaking of putting, Hideki Matsuyama, 75th in strokes gained putting this season. That might be the best Hideki Matsuyama has ever put. That's insane. 70, 75th doesn't sound great, but for him, it is great. Now, he has had some issues with distance off the tee lately, which has been kind of strange. But still, I mean, this guy has won a major. He's been around. He's been in decent form. He's a good scrambler. Uh, his putting has actually been better than what it's normally been in years past. I'm going to take a shot at Hideki Matsuyama here. I'm also going to take him top 10 at 4-1. to So he's also my top 10 bet. I was just going to stick to him top 10 at 4-1. to But when I found that 64-1 price, I couldn't resist betting on that as well. So Hideki Matsuyama I like quite a bit this week. 64 to 1 to win and top 10 plus 400. Unfortunately, if you're sticking to regulated books, the best price I could find was 50 to 1. But hey, maybe you can find a better price than I did on Hideki Matsuyama. Let's move on to some top 20 bets. I got two top 20s. One is everyone's favorite golfer. But it it is his first major of the year. But that is Ricky Fowler to finish in the top 20 at plus 230. He has three top, um sorry, he has five straight top 10 finishes. Now, did I write that right or is it five? Because that seems crazy. Is it five straight top 10s or five straight top 20s? I think it's five straight top 20s. And it it's five straight, typo on my part in my notes, beautiful. Five straight top 20 finishes, including top 20 in eight of his last nine. So based on recent performance alone, he's worth a top 20 bet. Uh, And I also typed it in wrong there. It's plus 210, not plus 230. Um, And those aren't, these aren't just uh, bum events that he's finishing in the top 20 either. T14 at Wells Fargo, which was an elevated event. T15 at RBC Heritage, which was an elevated event. I think. Yes, it was. Um, Players Championship, T13. Uh, He didn't compete at the Masters, but still, he's been playing in elevated events and playing well. Would I take him to win? No. Top 10? No. Top 20, I think, is the perfect slot here. For Ricky Fowler. My other top 10 bet. And this one is the one that is at plus 230. is I'm just betting on some popular golfers to finish in the top 20 this week. Because Ricky Fowler is one. The other. The pride of South Korea. Tom Kim. Top 20 at plus 230. He is rounding into form a little bit. Three top 25 finishes in the last five starts. Pretty solid in every area. No huge weakness Except for putting, but he has, uh, or I should say he did gain strokes putting in his last start. So if he can figure out that flat stick, he's good everywhere else. Third and scrambling percentage, which is huge at events like the PGA Championship and the U.S. Open. If you can scramble, you're going to do well. Uh, so I like Tom Kim, top 20 finish, plus 230 as well. Sticking to the country of South Korea, first round leader. Sung Jae Im, I... Th- at 40 to 1 I think he was my first round leader for the Masters as well I believe Um, he has 6th on the PGA Tour in round 1 scoring average so he always brings it in the first round he has good numbers absolutely everywhere he's like um, he's not great in any area but he's not terrible in, in any area which is good for major events you cannot be weak anywhere at a major event and still find success so I'm just bringing up his stats now 10th and strokes gain total, 14th and tee to green, 13th and off the tee, 60th and approach, 19th and around the green, 60th and putting. He's good, absolutely everywhere. He's great in the first round. I'm going to take Sungjae Im first round leader at 40 to one. Now my favorite matchup bet and my favorite bet overall. This is just a bet if you're looking for quote unquote a lock. This is this is my lock of the week. This is my goat whale play, max bomb, nuclear. Play of the Millennium Lock of the Century. Xander Shoffley minus one ten in a matchup bet against Roy McIlroy. I already talked about why I like Xander Shoffley. Roy McIlroy has been an absolute bum lately. His last uh, so his last four starts, he missed the cut at the Players, finished third at the Match Play, which seduced everyone into thinking he was going to be good again. And then uh, missed the cut at the Masters, and then finished T47 at the Wells Fargo. He took time off. He said he's mentally not all there. I mean, he can hit he can hit his driver a quarter mile, but even at the Wells Fargo, he uh, his driving accuracy was 17 percent below the field average. I have no faith in Roy McIlroy this week. I'm going to fade him in a big way by taking Xander Shoffley to beat him in a straight up head to head tournament long matchup at minus 110. My favorite left-handed player. There's three in the field. Phil Mickelson, Brian Harmon, and my boy Bobby Mack. And I'm going to take Bobby Mack, a.k.a. Robert McIntyre from the motherland, Scotland. Plus 260 against Harmon and Mickelson. He is the longest odds of the three. I don't think that's correct. I think he should be the favorite of the three. Robert McIntyre has been playing well lately. He had to withdraw from his most recent event. Um, but before that, he finished T7 at the Kenya Open, T6 at the ISPS Handa Championship, T7 at the Korea Championship, and then he had a withdrawal from the Italian Open. He has taken, uh, uh, I guess, a week off since then. Hopefully, he's healthy enough to compete well, but I don't believe in Mickelson, despite his strong play at the Masters, and I don't believe in Brian Harmon because I don't think he drives the ball long enough. He's a shorter hitter. So, Robert McIntyre, top left-handed player, plus 260. Top live player, Dustin Johnson, plus 450 for the reasons I mentioned earlier. He is already one of the most talented and skilled golfers in the world with one of the best resumes of all the golfers in the field. And now he's playing the best golf he's probably played in the past couple years. So Dustin Johnson to be the top live player at plus 450. My DraftKings lineup, John Rom, Xander Shoffley, Hideki Matsuyama. No surprises there. I've already gave out those three outright picks. Robert McIntyre, Harold Varner, and Rasmus Hoygaard. So, once again, this is my ideal DraftKings lineup. I hope you don't enter the same event that I did with this lineup. But the th- top three are obvious John Rom, Xander Shoffley, Hideki Matsuyama. Robert McIntyre talked about him being the top left hand player as well. Harold Varner, obviously over on Liv, and we don't have any stats to back up Liv. But if you're looking for a cheap option on DraftKings, I think he's pretty good. He's his form has been good. Actually, he's improved in each of his last five starts on live. T24, T16, T11, T8, and then he finished fourth in Tulsa. He was one stroke out of making uh, the play. I think it was one stroke. No, not one stroke, but he was one placing back for missing uh, the three-man playoff. So Harold Werner has been playing pretty solid golf. He beat Brooks Kepka. He beat everyone else in live, except for Cameron Smith, Brandon Grace, and Dustin Johnson. If you're looking for a cheap option for DraftKings like I was, which I needed after taking Rahm Shoffley, and Matsuyama, I like Harold Varner. And then Rasmus Hoygaard, if you don't know him, he's twins. Him and Nikolai Hoygaard. they're both in the P.J. Championship. They've been having a lot of success over in Europe. They're both only like 20, 21 years old. I keep betting on both Rasmus and Nikolai, knowing that they're going to do well in America someday. It hasn't come yet. That day it hasn't come. I think Rasmus or Nikolai, I think, finished second. Actually, I think it was Nikolai finished second at an event, one of the alternate events, uh, a month or two ago. Um, but I'll take Rasmus here as a cheap option. I just like the Hoygard twins. Uh, so there you have it. That's my preview, or at least my picks. I've got a few more minutes here. Let's re- review some golfers on Data Golf who I haven't already mentioned. So let's see if I can share my screen here going to close some things down. Um, display capture. Let's see how this works. Boop, boop, boop. There we go. Bring me down to the bottom right hand corner of the screen here we're going to go over to data golf now i paid for a data golf membership i don't know if i'm allowed to show this stuff but i'm going to so as you can see here and this is a great tool if you if you're willing to spend the money data golf.com they have Scheffler 12.8 percent chance to win i don't agree with that i think roms distance is going to make a difference. I think Scheffler's poor play over the bunker is going to make a difference. Scheffler's putting has kind of been streaky as well. But you see who they have third on that list. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Xander Shoffley. Let's go, baby. Love to see it. Uh, Patrick Cantley, fourth on the list. Yeah, I don't think he's been quite playing well enough for me to um, bet on him at his current price of like 18 to 1 or something. I mean, T21, T4, third place, T14. T- I mean, he's, he's in the mix. But also, like, that T14 placing at the Masters, I'm pretty sure his best major finish, actually maybe a T10 at the PGA Championship one year, but he's never competed in the major, can't bet on pink, can't lay until he competes in the major. I've talked about Roy McIlroy, he has just not been good lately, outside of the third place in match play and second play T2 at Arnold Palmer, can't trust him. Tony Finau, another guy, until he, until he is in contention on a Sunday at a major, staying away from him. Colin Morikawa, his putting has not been good lately. Two straight missed cuts. He lost 2.43 strokes on the field with his putting at the Wells Fargo. Can't do it with Morikawa, sorry. Yeah, Jason Day. You can convince me that Jason Day. I think his price is a little bit inflated after his win last week. But hey, congrats on him. Great to see him win again at the AT&T, Brian Nelson. <clears throat> Sung Jae I'm taking him to be first-round leader. He won in Korea last week. He's been in great form. I don't know if I trust him to win a major either. He's, I mean, you got Sung Kim, you got Victor Hovland, you got Tony Finau, you got guys who have yet to even really compete at a major in the sense of contending on a Sunday. And until those guys do, I just, I'm not going to bet on them to win. You could convince me top 10, top 20 bet on those guys, but to win, can't do it. Same, same thing with Victor Hovland. Justin Thomas, the defending champ, not been good lately. Not, not by Justin Thomas standards. His putting didn't improve in his last time out. Gained some strokes there. But before that, five straight events losing strokes putting. Not at his per- current price. Can't take the defending champ. Cameron Young is a guy I would have bet on, but his form, he's not peaking at the right time. T59, his last finish. T51 before that. If he was, you know, playing as well as he had for the most part leading up to the Masters, then maybe. And maybe he's a guy who just shows up in major championships, but. T-59 and T-51, he lost strokes with his approach in his last start, which is not what you want to see. So I'll be staying away from Cameron Young. Jordan Spieth has an injury. Going to stay away from him. Tyrrell Hatton is actually a little bit of an interesting choice, but once again, not a guy who has competed at a major on a Sunday before. Great form, though. Great driver of the golf ball. Look at all those, all those green and the strokes getting off the tee areas. Has been putting really well lately. You could convince me for a hat and bet. Brooks Kepka, obviously, no strokes gain data data outside of the Masters for him, but he's remained in good form. You could convince me to bet on Brooks Kepka for sure. Um, Matt Fitzpatrick, just an abysmal start to his year when you're looking at between February at Pebble Beach and then all the way up to the match play. Just abysmal. Picked it up at the Masters, T-10, won the RBC Heritage, but now he's trending in the wrong direction again. T-19 at Zurich, although he was paired with his brother, who's barely a pro golfer, and and T-35 at Wells Fargo. Yeah, you could convince me. You could convince me. I, I didn't see enough to convince myself to bet on him. Ricky Fowler, Dustin Johnson, talked about them. Sam Burns, I mean, no. Missed the cut of the Wells Fargo. That Wells Fargo just killed a lot of big guys. Minus, he had a tw- at driving accuracy at the Wells Fargo, 25% below the field average. That is, um, that's concerning. <laughs> Major championship. No thank you for Sam Burns. Russell Henry, Henley. Okay. I don't think he's long enough off the tee. Uh, He's consistently below the field average in driving distance. I don't think he's long enough off the tee for me to bet on him at Oak Hill. Hideki Matsuyama, I already talked about him. Like him, his distance though, as I said earlier, is a bit of concern, especially in recent starts. Cameron Smith, I'm surprised DataGolf has him rated so low. He's actually been playing pretty good golf on Liv lately. 4th, 7th, and 2nd place finish. We actually do get driving distance and accuracy stats on Liv, which is uh, kind of cool. Um, yeah, not a terrible bet at his current price. I don't know. Live guys are just so hard because we just don't have data or significant data or stats to kind of base it off of. Max Homa, terrible lately. Well, T8 at Wells Fargo, that is actually a good sign. I didn't know he'd played that well at Wells Fargo before that. Miscut, miscut, T43. Also, a guy never even come close to contending at a major, and for that reason, I am out. Prove it first. Tommy Fleetwood, you could convince me on Tommy Fleetwood. Peeking at the right time, look at that. Four straight improvements. Off the tee has been great. Approach plays is the best it's been all season for the most part. Putting has been fairly strong. He's long off the tee. You convince me to bet on Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, probably top five or top ten because he's a choker though. Wyndham Clark could be an interesting choice. Won the Wells Fargo. Look at those stats. Ooh. He's long off the tee. His approach play has been dialed in. Wyndham Clark could be an interesting option maybe for a DraftKings lineup. I don't think Corey Connors, even though he won the Valero Texas Open again this year. A T8 at Wells Fargo. Yeah, meh. I'm just sick of betting on Corey Connors. That's Taylor Gooch is the guy. A hot name from Live. Went back-to-back Live events in April. 36 at Tulsa though. That's not a good sign. Could be trending in the wrong direction at the wrong time. Sahith Thigala, I think, could be an interesting choice for a DraftKings lineup. Uh, I thought about betting on him top debutante, um, but I stayed away. Shane Lowry could be interesting. Um, and that's pretty much it. There's Harold Varner. See, you like those numbers. You like all these numbers. Distance. You like those numbers for Harold Varner. Tom Hoagie could be interesting, but his form has been pretty bad lately. Uh, Extremely bad. T3 Players' Championship, though. This is a guy who can score a lot of birdies if his game is on. Recent form is too concerning, though. So there you have it. That is my betting preview for the PGA Championship. I'll quickly rip through my bets here once again. John Rahm, 8-1. Xander Shoffley, 19-1. Dustin Johnson, plus 3,378. Hideki Hideki Matsuyama, 64 to one and top ten at four to one. Ricky Fowler, top twenty plus two ten. Tom Kim, top twenty plus two thirty. First round leader Sung J M, forty to one. Xander Shoffley, minus minus one ten in the matchup bet against Roy McIlroy for my lock nuclear bomb whale play of the millennium lifetime. Top left handed player Bobby Mack, plus two sixty. Top live player Dustin Johnson, plus four fifty. And a DraftKings lineup. Of John Rom, Xander Shoffley, Hideki Matsuyama, Bobby Mack, Harold Varner, and Rasmus Hoygaard. Thank you all so much for watching, for listening. If you're watching this on YouTube, like and subscribe, please. If you're listening, rate and review the podcast. I'm gonna to try to get out a NHL Conference Championship preview tomorrow morning, so keep an eye out for that. Best of luck with all your bets at this week's PGA Championship at Oak Hill. Gambler, bless. I'll talk to you next time.